There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have David Dancer with me, who is the CMO of Medmen. David, hi and welcome to the show. Hi Nadine, thanks for having me. Thank you for being with me today. This is so exciting because Medmen is so exciting and you're very exciting and I can't wait to hear more about it. So let's jump right in. Tell me a little bit about your current role and why you decided to take that on. Yeah, sure. So like you mentioned, I'm the Chief Marketing Officer of Medmen, which is uh, one of the largest cannabis retailers in the U.S. And, and quite frankly, globally. The company was founded about 10 years ago, and with the passing and the legalization of cannabis, specifically in our home state of California, the business has, over the last 12 months, exponentially grown. So I was reached by some folks at MedMen. My background, financial services with Visa, American Express, and Charles Schwab, that regulatory experience that I have in working in financial services, coupled with at, at Charles Schwab, I managed the retail network there. And then most recently, I was at Teleflora, where I managed the e-commerce business. So MedMen reached out and said, those are all things we're looking for. We're ready for explosive growth. We want to take the brand and the retail experience to the next level. And uh, to be honest with you, I was not that familiar with cannabis. I was not a cannabis customer myself. Um, I hadn't been in a MedMen store yet. And so I met the founders, really started to talk to sort of my own board of directors that I have about this career opportunity and really jumped on board with the opportunity in the industry and also the ability to take a brand that had already established itself within this growing industry and had already created a very differentiated experience. So it was an interesting move for me coming from different types of companies that are not within the cannabis space. But I was really excited to kind of navigate the complication of cannabis marketing and be a part of such an explosively growing industry. Wow. Okay. So exciting. And there, I have so many questions for you. But before we go deeper there, you mentioned something really, really important 
about having a personal board of directors, and I so appreciate that I have my own personal board of directors. Can you talk a little bit about how you created your personal board of directors? How do you select them? How have they been helpful over the years? Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been really important for me, and I think many marketers can relate to this. We're working with um, external partners and vendors. We're attending industry shows and events. We're making sure that we're connected to what's happening out there in pop culture and otherwise. And we also, um, many of us like me, I've been with uh, with many different companies where I've been able to work with some amazing people. So over the years, uh, it's just been very important for me to establish and to keep those relationships of folks that I've worked with. And so uh, probably uh, within the last 10 years, I think I probably formalized it more into a board of directors. And it literally is a group of fellow marketers, as well as, quite frankly, friends and family members um, to get all sorts of different perspectives. So in reference to MedMen, I, I was entering and, and thinking about taking a job in cannabis and wanted to really kind of understand one, I wanted to understand the industry, I wanted to understand my board of directors point of view of that particular industry personally, and then also get input from a professional perspective about what that could look like. What I was really amazed with, quite frankly, is of the conversations I had before I took this role, I had not one person say anything negative or contrary to the to taking this position in cannabis. Quite frankly, many people on my board of directors literally said, you need to run to this job. It's going to be such a great opportunity. But, you know, this board of directors is not only for personal reasons for me, but also this board of directors, we pass along, folks are looking for jobs, or there may be a business challenge that you're entering a new market or looking to optimize a new tactic or channel or develop a new strategy. And it's just a great group that I'm able to use as a sounding board and for insights and for referrals. And again, very casually made up. We're not having quarterly calls or, or, or what have you. But honestly, um, having lived in many different cities, I've got folks on my board of directors group from all those different cities. And when I'm traveling, I stay in touch. And it's just been a really great network to leverage as I, as I navigate my career. Okay, that was really helpful. And again, I totally agree with having a personal board of directors. I actually don't make any major decisions without reaching out to my board. Okay, so let's talk about then your expectation going in. And you've been there now, what, six months? Is that right? I have, yeah, just, just at six months next week. Cool. Any surprises, any momentum that you were just amazed by? Tell me how it's been for six months. Yeah, surprises and amazing momentum for sure. I think for me, one of the surprises for me is the interest from consumers. So we know today that the cannabis customer is a man 40 years and under. However, 30% of Americans are interested in trying cannabis. And of that 50% of those that are interested in trying, that 50% represents women. So one of the surprises is this swell of interest in cannabis. And I think MedMen, we have worked very hard and continue to do so to fight the stereotypes of a cannabis user. And I think that data really speaks volumes that obviously 30% of the folks in America want to try. And I think what we're finding and what has surprised me is 
folks are just sort of starved for information and education. So in our marketing channels, literally when we post what is the difference between THC and CBD, those are our most engaging posts. Those are the posts that people are sharing. And so I think I've been very surprised at America is interested and is ready to have conversation on cannabis. And it's it's one of my jobs as the, the head of marketing at MedMen to ensure that we're creating platforms, channels, and outlets to have that conversation. And one of those certainly is within our retail stores. I think the other piece that's been interesting about this job is while I certainly navigated financial services regulations, you have to keep in mind those regulations are federal. There's not a lot of deviation, if any, state by state. And so here in in cannabis marketing, we are highly restricted because let's not forget cannabis is still federally illegal. And so uh, there's a lot of complication and a lot of challenge navigating media outlets and publishers. And so I think that probably is the other surprise um, along the way is that complication. And rather than you know sending along a, a request for a media plan, our job is often really sitting down with knocking on the doors uh, at media outlets and publishers and having conversations that start with, here is where cannabis is from a legal perspective. Here are some insights around compliance. Here is how MedMen is advertising. We advertise fully adhering to all of the legal requirements and compliance requirements. And our advertising is credible, professional. And so we're just, we're continuing to kind of knock on those doors and, and having great success. We were the first advertiser to advertise nationally on Sirius XM radio. Um, we were the first advertiser in cannabis to um, advertise nationally in Condé Nast publications. But it's very, very different. It's conversations, it's one-on-one relationships, and, and a lot of education to both consumers as well as to the, to the marketing industry. Wow. Okay. Let's see. How do I start? This is a tough one, David, because you give me so much information that I, I want to know more about. Uh, <laughs> but I can't help when I hear the name MedMen to kind of think of martinis and, you know. <laughs> so look, let's talk about alcohol for a second, because I just gave a keynote at Gallo Winery. They have a hundred different brands that they operate in. And we were talking about the complexity of marketing because of the age limitations, right? Mm-hmm. What you can and can't say. And now you have sort of the same complications, but also the state by state. And then the given it's illegal federally, my goodness, like how do you even think about your marketing? You have all these variables. Like that, yeah. that must be very complicated to juggle. Yeah, it is. And, and you're right. I, I think there are some industries before us that have navigated and we've certainly learned from, whether that's the tobacco industry or the alcohol industry. Um, and so you're right. Those They're very similar. And so needing to ensure that all of our marketing is messaged as well as targeted to a 21 plus customer. But as you said, the complication for us and one of the opportunities for us is defining and understanding who the cannabis customer is, not only the MedMen customer, but what the opportunities are in the future as cannabis continues um, to become legal across the United States. And so the interesting thing here as a marketer is we really have data just starting this last January until now when cannabis became legal in California 
for adult use. And so we have our data from the stores. And so we are really taking a lot of time to dig into that transactional shopper basket data. And we've also deployed a consumer quant study in all the states we operate in today, as well as states uh, that we'll be operating in the future. Because there's, again, when you think of this product not being legal federally, there's a real lack of insights and research around consumers and behavior. So we deployed uh, our own study, which the results will be back here in a few weeks. And we plan to take the time to define our segments and our personas so that we can be more targeted with our advertising. We've been fairly broad. We obviously are driving brand awareness at this point, given how new the organization is and how new some of the retail outlets are state by state based on the the legal passage. So we hope to be able to match those customer segments with not only our retail experience, but like you mentioned with Gallo, to also then build out and ensure we have the right third-party products in our store and to build out a product line strategy for MedMen for the future so that we can meet the needs of our consumers with products that we grow and we cultivate. Well, sounds super exciting. And I'm curious about how many people are currently on your team and how do you organize and and it sounds like you're preparing for yet another big wave of growth. Yeah, it's a great question because you know while we're executing on our our marketing campaigns that we have today and and reaching out to our customers that we're acquiring in the store and developing robust CRM platforms and capabilities and like I mentioned ensuring we're getting our data in place and one of the biggest challenges on top of all of that has been has been hiring people. So when I came on board um, six months ago, the team was about 15 to 18 people. I am currently hiring quite a few open positions. So we're going to be close to 40 to 50 people within the next few months. And so to your point, it's really, really getting ourselves ready for this growth that we have in front of us. We'll be opening stores in Florida next year in early 2019. We just opened a store um, in Arizona. And we have also acquired a company called Pharmacan. And Pharmacan has several locations in several states. So we've got a lot to plan for. So my team is organized. We're building out an in-house agency. So I have a head of creative. I have a head of product marketing, a head of retail marketing, a head of consumer marketing, and then also someone leading up uh, brand and insights. So most of the leadership team is in place and and we're going to continue to develop the team and develop our skills uh, on the team so that we can make sure we meet the needs of this growth that's in front of us. Okay. So for all everybody who's listening out there, if you want to go work with David on one of the coolest categories out there, now's the chance, right? So That's right. We got a lot of job openings. Check out our site. Such an excellent opportunity. And to be in the center of so much growth and have probably a lot of flexibility and all the putting aside the regulations, but just flexibility in how you're building because it's all from scratch, essentially. That's right. That's exactly right. And the brand, one of the reasons, like I'd mentioned, I jumped on board was um, Adam and Andrew and the team had done such a great job in defining a, a retail experience that was appropriate for cannabis and had established a brand through not only um, just the look and feel of that brand, but had also created brand standards and positioning um, with ultimately this idea of mainstreaming cannabis. And so cannabis retail used to be dark alleys, 
retail locations that weren't safe and accessible, maybe frosted windows, maybe bars on the windows, walk in, walk to a counter, make your purchase, and take that in a, in a brown bag and walk out shamefully to your car or walk wherever you're going with your product and still feel a little shame around that. So the, the, the main objective here is to ensure that customers and consumers can come to a retail environment that's in a location that's accessible. Beverly Hills, we're on Robertson Boulevard, West Hollywood, we're in Santa, on Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, so come to a location where you're used to shopping and it may even be on a path of your, your typical weekly errands and also have a warm, welcoming store, open, clean windows, um, technology to learn about the product, educated sales staff to walk you through, um, and make sure that people can discover and get their questions answered and get the product that's going to be right for them, whether or not if they're an experienced customer or user or whether they're new to cannabis. So, you know, we also realize cannabis industry is, is booming and we also need to remain competitive there are competitors sort of right behind us that are going to be working hard and getting funding. And so we're working very hard again to understand who our customers are and to be able to deliver on their needs and, and to be able to continue to innovate and deliver on the retail experience. Okay, so I could spend the next hour talking to you about cannabis and the business and marketing, and, and I would love to, trust me, I would, but I want to <laughs> take a different direction for a moment because I want to learn more about you and how you got to this role. And I remember when I first met you, David, you were the CMO of Teleflora, and I was so impressed with you then already because one of the things that I thought you truly exemplified was this ability as a CMO to embrace the internal cultural needs and to work very closely with your HR partners. And in fact, we did a case study on you about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how have you taken that experience and that success and now translated it to this super hyper fast growing company, both in revenue, but also in terms of numbers of employees? Great question. And I definitely don't have a traditional degree uh, for a marketer. So first and foremost, my actually my undergraduate degree is in human resources. And so I actually was while marketing and all of the marketing courses that I took, I, I loved, I was very passionate about ensuring there was an advocate for and the employee. And so I took that path um, I actually, when I graduated, looked for jobs in human resources and wasn't actually interested in several of the jobs that were entry level and got my first job at an advertising agency, a small agency in Atlanta, and quickly went to the client side and stayed on the client side for the rest of my career. However, I mentioned that HR experience because people and my team and culture, as you referenced, it's critical, especially for the chief marketing officer to be a part of those conversations and to be a lead and to be an active part of the development of the culture. And I think you're right in asking a question about, and what is, how does that work at a, at a startup? You know, it's, it's really interesting. MedMen is, is ultimately a $2 billion valued company and we're a startup. So it's moving at such a pace. My six months, 10 month tenure feels, feels very long. A year ago, there were several hundred employees and now we are over a thousand employees. So being able to 
focus and I think take a few moments uh, out of the day to ensure that we have of course, policies and practices in place from an HR perspective, but also from a cultural perspective, taking the brand positioning and the brand story, we're, we're taking a look at our mission and our vision um, because the company is progressing so, so quickly. But one of the commitments that I absolutely have as sort of the chief storyteller, the chief growth officer is making sure that I'm a part of that dialogue. It's interesting, you, you mentioned the, the case study that we, we did before. I actually have a meeting next week with my head of human resources and with the head of corporate communications to ultimately begin to build out a more formalized employee experience approach for MedMen. With this explosive growth, it's tough for us to keep up with onboarding, with training. Um, it's tough for us to, to take the time and to be able to make sure every employee gets a similar experience. But I'll say at MedMen, probably the leaders in this are the, the CEO and, and the president, Adam and Andrew, who are the founders. They take it very seriously as well to bring the team along on this, this growth trajectory and to ensure that the narrative of the company is embedded within the culture and to, to ensure that we're giving employees the opportunity to, to participate in that and, and to have growth opportunities. Because obviously, when we're growing so fast, things are changing, folks are moving around. But it, it's definitely a struggle, given how fast we're growing, to kind of maintain consistency and ensure everyone's a part of it. Fascinating. I did not know you started in HR. This now makes perfect sense as to why I'm so impressed with you. Um, okay. All right. There's always a reason for everything. How can you do that a couple of years ago, David? Jeez. Well, let's talk about your background then. So interesting. You started with an HR focus, went into marketing. Tell me a little bit about some of the things you learned along the way that has gotten you into this CMO position. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because in my career, many of the positions I've had, um, starting in telecommunications with MCI Verizon, moving into financial services with Visa, American Express, and Schwab, and then, like you mentioned, at Teleflora, my positions prior to becoming a CMO, I think one of the things that allowed me to progress and be able to take on a position like a CMO was I had a very generalist background. Um, so I worked across many of the marketing functions or had responsibility across many of those functions um, to get experience in, in them. I certainly, as I moved along, had preferences of where I enjoyed spending time personally, but always ensured that I was trying to round out that experience as a generalist. Now, as I've navigated my career, I think folks in the marketing community listening to this, sometimes it's tough if you're a generalist because in this competitive marketplace, employers are looking for a very, very specific functional expertise often. And by the way, along my career, I've seen challenges that, well, you've been too general or you, you don't have this very specific, specific experience. So long-term, it certainly served me well. I definitely had some challenges along the way of, of, of navigating and where to go next. But I think making choices to round my career out and to get, get broad experience, one of the reasons I went to Teleflora was because it's ultimately, while it has a large B2B business with its florist network, it's also a pure play consumer e-commerce company. I wanted to embed myself on that e-commerce side um, and get that experience more more deeply. So it's been an interesting trajectory. I have not 
set out and set, you know, in the beginning, I didn't set out, obviously, as with my HR background and my interest in politics and other things, I, I started my career out with, I think, probably a fairly flexible point of view of where I was going. So I didn't have this aspiration of I'm going to be a CMO someday. Although as I navigated marketing, it became clear to me that's where I wanted, wanted to stay and where I wanted to, to move my career. I love your background. It is actually kind of unique to some of the other guests that we've had on the show. I've had a lot of CMOs who came from financial background, from marketing, from communications. A few of them have expressed interest in politics as well, which is, which is really interesting. And I know you were on the board of Glisten, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I'd love to hear more about that in terms of helping people understand how they can navigate. So tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, specifically, I am a national board member of an organization called GLSEN, which is the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. And GLSEN works to create schools that are free of bullying and harassment for LGBTQ uh, students. So we do a lot of work at the, at the federal level with the Department of Education on policies and, and, um, and such. We also do a lot of work directly with school districts and schools specifically to help train administer, administrators and educators on um, how to create these safe spaces within their schools and also have curriculum and other types of tools and resources for the schools to use. Uh, many high schools and middle schools have organizations that are called Gay Straight Alliances, which are um, a place where LGBTQ students and their allies um, can get together and, and can distribute educational programs, have a forum that's a safe forum for them to talk, etc. There's an advisor within the school that's a part of it. So that in particular is a personal passion of mine. I grew up in Michigan in a small town. I am a gay man and had my own types of bullying and harassment and situations while I was growing up. And so I'm certainly personally driven by this. But I think even stepping back from, from the organization, I personally have always had a volunteer and activism side. And, and when you mentioned the politics um, piece might be a common threat, I actually, that was my minor in my undergrad. So I, I definitely had a focus on that. So while GLSEN is not necessarily a political organization, I've been involved with the human rights campaign and other more political organizations. But I think the point is, when navigating your career and thinking about rounding yourself out as a person, one, I think it's important to give back. And two, these experiences that I've had, and specifically on the GLSEN board, many folks that have had been on your CMO moves, or several folks rather, are my fellow board members. So Rick Gomez from Target serves on the board with me and several other people. So it's also a great place professionally to, again, develop that board of directors of your own and to be able to learn and grow as a person and give back. But interestingly, when I was evaluating this position at MedMen, um, it, 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 my experience with GLSEN and my own personal advocacy experience tied into my decision because I realized that c consumers of cannabis, as I mentioned that retail experience, barred windows, brown bag, and quite frankly, just the fact that cannabis is illegal, 
consumers are shameful. There uh, is this, we've had an advertising campaign to try to debunk the stereotype of a stoner by showcasing people who are using cannabis. And they're much more people like you, like me, grandparents, athletes, nurses, etc. And so I realized that I had been really, in my personal life, I'd been fighting and advocating for people to open their mind about the LGBTQ community and certainly had amassed a lot of skills in how to do so. And when I took this role on, I not only saw there was a professional linkage, but there was this personal linkage um, to be able to, as the storyteller, start to tell stories about who cannabis users are, start to break down those stereotypes and really allow people to rid themselves of shame. It's really, really interesting to see customers. We have a red shopping bag that's in our advertising. It's very prominent. And our customers love to take photos of themselves with this bag posted on social media because they are proud that they can go to a store that is normalized, legitimate. They can buy cannabis. They can leave the store and feel very proud of their purchase. So it was a really interesting tie-in for me to see that I certainly could demonstrate and use my professional skills, but also all of these skills that I have in fighting stigmatization and, and fighting sort of this, this feeling of shame. So fascinating. And, and I applaud your efforts, by the way, uh, across the board. I remember when I first got to San Francisco 20 years ago, I had just moved there. And my boss at the time had invited me to dinner. And I went to her home and she had a box in the middle of her coffee table. And she lifted up the lid and it was filled with cannabis. And she said, would you like some? And I said, oh my God, you know, I didn't even know how to take that because I just come from Chicago. <laughs> and I was like, this is an interesting way to start in San Francisco. And I was like, no, thank you. Um, it's personally not my thing, but I was shocked and I could, I've never forgotten that moment, but it was totally natural and it's totally accepted. I'm excited to see where you're going to take the business. I'm excited to see how the industry and the market reacts. And I'm excited for all your growth. We are unfortunately almost out of time. So my last question is, if you could do anything in the world, money and talent were no object and it wouldn't be what you're doing now, what would that be? Yeah, you know, I am an avid athlete. I played college and I played uh, volleyball rather in college. I'm a skier, a paddleboarder, a runner, a triathlete. I've been playing sports my entire life. And, and you know, this probably isn't something out of the ordinary. I actually have been a spinning instructor along the way. But I think for me, it would be something within the health and fitness world, which is one reason why I'm so happy I'm at Medvin, because there, there are health and wellness benefits to the products. But I think it would be owning a training facility or owning some type of fitness facility where, again, that connection to people, helping people realize their potential and being a part of something like that. I think I probably would do that. And, and who knows, it might be in my future. It's something that's certainly attainable, um, just hasn't been a priority yet. Okay. Now another shoe drops. I now understand the Gina Larkin connection. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you, Gina, for introducing me to David so, several years ago. So now I totally get it. Okay. <laughs> well, David, thank you so much for being part of the program today. And I am 
I'm just so fascinated by all the things that you shared. I, I'm sure we're going to have to come back and, and do another round someday soon. Yeah, Nadine, thank you for having me. I, I, I love listening to CMO moves. I love kind of watching how this has really flourished and how you're bringing the stories out of all of these different folks that I have admired and I work with over my career. So, so thanks for doing this. Oh my gosh, it's entirely my pleasure. More to come. So thank you so much and talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Nadine. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.